Hey guys, welcome to the Neglected Podcast. This podcast is not to change your mind, but to invite you into somebody else's narrative. This is a podcast to give a voice to the neglected. It is also an opportunity for all of us to engage. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Neglected Podcast. My name is Nick Schultz. You can hit me up at Schultzy Time. We're at For the Neglected. We're here at City Church with my producer, Quinn. Quinn, it's been a while too, man. We haven't done this for like a, a month. I feel a little rusty, but you're good. You're on top of your game. And we have a very special guest, always have a special guest, and her name is Miss Gia Wilson. Thank you for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. Glad to be here. And we, let's see how to explain how we got connected. <laughs> we have a mutual friend who you work with and that who's friends of mine. And I was specifically looking to have a guest on here that had similar life situations and circumstances that yeah. you've been through. And and I reached out to my friend because it would be kind of weird. We're friends on Facebook and we've, right. we've met on a couple occasions, but not had an hour long, yeah. let's talk about each other's lives yeah. conversation kind of thing. I did that thing where you, you get a friend request and you're like, oh, I think I know this person. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember how it happened, but <laughs> we met at some function and friends on Facebook. And I was like, man, the rest is history. The rest is yes, history. So I wanted to, thought it'd be cool to interview, but thought it'd be weird if I just sent you a Facebook request and was like, Hey, here's yeah podcast. Why why won't you interview? No, we haven't talked a whole lot yet. So had a mutual friend be like, yep, she's cool. I think you should get you two hooked up and talk. And we did. And I think it's gonna be really good. I think you have some amazing things you've experienced and went through in life currently still are that can help a lot of people that are going through the same thing for and sure. for people who don't understand that some of the stuff you're going to be talking about. So I appreciate yeah. you being here. Not a problem. Anytime. Open, open book kind of stuff. So let's start off like we always do with our guests. Can you tell us a little bit about your your background, your culture, your your family life, where you grew up and mm-hmm. paint, a, paint a picture for us of what that was like for you? Sure, sure. So um, I am from Syracuse, New York, born and raised, have three older brothers and a little sister that's 12 years apart from me. Uh, to paint you a picture, I was that kid in school who wore the skirts and didn't wear makeup, had really long hair. When I was a kid kid, that hair was always in my face because I was a tomboy as well. So always in the mud, always trying to keep up with the boys, mm-hmm. always wanting to do what the boys did. But in school, I wasn't really picked on or anything uh, major, you know, obviously the occasional made fun of for skirts and all of that stuff and being religious. Uh, grew up Pentecostal. So if you know a little bit about that, it's it's very strict on what you can and can't do and wear, say, all that church like five times a week. Side note, I love how I grew up because it's made me the person I am now. Um, So the clothing was not necessarily a choice. It was. No, it was more of like, this is what you're doing. Okay. You know, kind of like. But the hair in the telling. hair in the face was your choice. Though. Hair in the face was definitely okay. you know that was a look for me. <laughs> All right. It was cute at the time. I was like ten, so yeah. Um, but yeah, so also you know I was that I was definitely the mom of the group you know at school and such. So I'd be the person everybody is coming down or coming in for class and putting their books down, pulling stuff out of their backpacks, and here I am just like pulling out snacks and and band aids and like does anybody need anything you know? So that was me. So did you feel like you grew up in a a bubble? Was it all people of the same kind of faith from the church, same community, same race? Like what was the, the diversity in your life when you were real young? So 
really young. My church was, my old church was located kind of in the middle of the ghetto of Syracuse. So growing up, I really learned other cultures and diversity. Um, I think once we took a, took account, like, how many different cultures were within the community, right? And there was over probably like 20 or 30 nationalities, mm. different types of nationalities. Just Syracuse was like a boiling pot for people that are coming for refuge and all that. So it was a really cool place to grow up and, and learn different cultures really easily. Um, and at a young age, being exposed to that, you know, we would we would go walk through the ghetto and just ask people if they wanted us to pray for them. Like, that's kind of how I grew up, grew mm. up, so... And so what is your your family kind of lineage and background? Do they come from different different countries? Where do you trace back to? Yeah. So my Nanu and Nana, so on my mom's side, my grandparents, they are from Italy, supposedly, as the story goes. <laughs> but uh, my Nanu is actually a refuge who escaped, I believe, to like Greece or something like that and then came to New or not New York, but well, to New York, came to the States. Right. <laughs> um, so... Yeah. And then my dad's grandparents, I think they came from somewhere. I don't know. Basically <laughs> Italian, you know, okay. so we're, we're pretty rooted Italian family. Uh, that's the kind of nationality background. And then my parents got into the religion aspect through their cousin when I was probably about four or five. Okay. Explain, unpack that for me a little bit, what that was like for you. When you're young, you're probably just doing whatever your parents say. Yeah. You don't have too much of a mind of your own, but then what what was it doing to frame your your beliefs or your mm -hmm. mindset, who you were? And then when was a point where things, you know, you just started thinking, maybe not like you didn't, not saying you didn't like what was going on, but you you had a mind of your own, you were a teenager, yeah. something was challenged. going on, you were challenging things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say, you know, when you're young, you just do what your parents say. And I, well, for a lot of people, I was the kid that just did what my parents told me to do. So, you know, I never really thought that I was a lesbian until... I was probably in college and older and really had a mind of my own, you know, that separation from my parents, especially when I moved out of Syracuse to Buffalo after my second year of college, you know, that was very mind opening. But um, yeah, it's really, it was really something I just didn't think of. I wasn't allowed to think that way. And so it wasn't until I was like, oh, I have crushes on all my brother's girlfriends or, oh, I kind of want to kiss this girl who's in my high school class. You know, you can't think like that in the church. Like, it's just not something you think of. It's of the devil. And, and that's OK, you know, how people feel that way. But it wasn't until I really hit college where I started challenging the way I thought and what I believed and questioning, because I don't think you grow unless you are questioning what you're currently in. You know, so I started questioning my religion and saying, well, why do we wear skirts? And a lot of it has explanations. And when it comes to being gay, you know, I prayed about it when I finally realized and just accepted that of myself. I prayed about it at the time. I was I was probably 18 and I would cry all the time. You know, I struggled in high school, early in high school, and I just didn't tell anybody. Went through a weird stage of not eating and just not knowing kind of what to believe in. Didn't really say anything until I was about 17, 18. To anybody? To anybody, really. I mean, I shared it with like a few close friends, but my my parents didn't really know until I was probably 16 or 17. And when you say you're praying, are you praying like you still have the faith you grew up with? Like you're praying to that same same God of, of that faith or like, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, it's a little different. So in high school, yes, I was at the time, you know, praying to God and, and you know, really thinking that I was sinning and a terrible person because I was mm. gay. 
and I couldn't tell my parents. And it wasn't until I was dating my now ex-wife, um, I think 2013, I came out to my parents on Easter. <laughs> yeah. I was like, the Lord has risen. He I has am risen gay. indeed. Well done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They weren't thrilled about that. But I was like, you know, it's at this point where I just cannot hide that about myself. It's who I am. And, you know, when I prayed about it, I was like, I don't want this. I don't, nobody wants to go through neglect, essentially. Um, so help me understand, because I would love for you to give people an idea of sure. what that, what that is like emotionally or mentally for you to have those feelings, mm -hmm. not understand them, know that you can't share them. If you do share them, you're going to get ostracized, yeah. kicked out, judged, who knows what. You don't even yeah. know what's going to happen. And you're going through this during, you know, puberty years, yeah. teenage years where your identity, you're no matter what you're confused, what, whatever your sexual <laughs> orientation is going through puberty, you're yeah. already messed up anyway because the hormones yeah. like what is that? What is that doing to you and how you view yourself? It was really hard. I'm not going to lie. It was hard in the moment. Um, it was hard to move past knowing that I was taking a risk coming out to my parents, you know, knowing that they wouldn't accept me, hoping that they would, but ultimately knowing that they probably weren't going to. Um, it was hard to do it, but it, it just took that leap of faith to really put myself out there and trust the process that eventually they would come around. Because my big thing is everything is only, everything is temporary, right? So the person that I was when I was 18 is still in there and still that same person, but that temporary point of my life, that is just what I kept playing and what I kept playing and just saying, okay, this is not going to be like it, like what it is forever. You know, They are not going to not love me and neglect me forever. I just had that faith. I don't know why, I just knew that this is not going to be forever. This is only temporary. But for you, you were growing up thinking like, I'm wrong. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up and I said, I literally thought I was the worst person ever. And I was like, well, why, why can't God just like take this away? And then I finally just, when I was in prayer once, I was just told, I don't know, I believe I was told that it's okay, that he is going to love you no matter what. So that's, that's kind of how I moved past it. When did that point happen, do you think, when you were like, I am wrong, God doesn't like this, nobody's going to like this, this is, I need to change, it needs to go away, God take it away, to, yeah. hey, I'm still loved and it's it's not wrong, I am who I am and he made, he made me this way. Was there a defining moment or was it in college or how did you, how did you reach that? Mm, that's an excellent question. I don't think there was one defining moment. I think it's when I finally just was okay with it. You know, there, was, there wasn't there was a like, okay, all of a sudden this is it, you know? I would definitely say it took a couple of years to really feel comfortable in my own skin after knowing that I was a lesbian. And was it after you told your parents and you came out or was yeah. it before then that you were comfortable? Oh no, I was, it was way after I told my parents. I still in a way felt that I was wrong because I'm always, a, I'm a people pleaser, right? I wanted my parents to accept me. I wanted to feel like I was in the right. But I think, you know, they Bible beat, just people in general, my parents did at the time, love them to death, still love them. Mm -hmm. They're wonderful people. But at the time, they, when I came out, they did the whole, this is why you're wrong, and here's a million quotes why. And I'm like, well, if I could change it, I would, but I can't, you right. know? And so it really took some time to just say, okay, let me meditate on what I believe, even after I came out to my parents. 
And I think just over time, it finally felt like at peace, you know, like there was just clarity that said, you're going to be okay. Your parents are going to come around, but more so be happy with who you are. Because ultimately I wasn't happy with who I was for years. And it was because of the fact that I just never accepted who I was because of what I was taught, because of what I was told, you know? And so what was the fallout from when you did do that and you did the Easter miracle for your family there? And you, and, <laughs> Easter uh, miracle. You, you came out and what, what was the, I'm sure it was super difficult, but what was the even longer ramifications of with with your parents? I'm yeah. sure, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like maybe they're guilt and confusion because yeah. now they have to explain it or it's going to travel and mm -hmm. it's like, what's wrong with yeah. her? What did we do wrong? What did the church do That's wrong? Exactly I mean, what happened? What, what happened? That's exactly what happened. Okay, I they, got you then. Yeah, and you put the words right Sorry, in my mouth. And I told you I wasn't Jeez. going to. Sorry. No, so that's that's exactly what happened. I think in a way my parents were ashamed of who I was uh, because it's not who they wanted me to be, hmm. especially because it was considered a sin in the church. My parents did not come around until after I, after my ex and I told them that we were pregnant. Well, my ex was pregnant, but you know we planned to have a kid. That was the whole point um to to telling them you know we wanted to do this and so i don't think they came around until after he was born okay they came to visit and you know i lost a lot of people i lost contact with a lot of people who were in the church some stuck around and that's that's great i'm super thankful for the friends i still have um but ultimately it was you know you got to make that sacrifice and i was okay making that sacrifice to come out to my parents to talk about who I was, you know. Did you go back to church at any point after you made the decision and told your parents and people found found out? Yeah, actually, when I lived in Augusta, I found a church that was um, a LGBT church friendly and everybody there was majority of gay people, you know. So that was super welcoming to know that there, is, there are churches around. Um, since then, I will be super honest and clear that I still struggle with what I believe because there is a higher power. I still truly believe that. And I truly have a lot of core beliefs from what I grew up in. So, so does that answer your question? Man, there's, there's so many questions I have, which is great. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I told you I come from the church background. I was a pastor. Yeah. And, and part of this is so intriguing because a lot of these conversations don't happen with you know people in the church with yeah. people outside the church that go through this stuff it's having opinions on them and like this is what should happen this is you know all this and that but right. actually sitting down with someone who struggles with all this and talking through it and really just gaining their experience not yeah. trying to convince anybody of anything but just tell me what it's like like for me that's what's so intriguing about this is i don't know what this is like and you're yeah. giving, giving me a window into I still don't know what it's like. <clears throat> well, that's I'm what, still trying to figure well, it out. Well, that's what's intriguing. That's part of my follow-up questions are just like, you know, how you view God and can because of what you went through, do you feel like you can find truth in who God actually is? Like, can He be the God of the Bible? Because right. what it says in it that you agree with or don't agree with, or what other people put into you that you you know you right. got hurt with, or is it a God of an actual religion, or is it just like maybe the truth isn't in a religion we have here, but yeah. but he is out there. And like, how do you find all that when you are right. being told that you're wrong? Right. So no matter what you do, it's like you're wrong. And that's the crazy part. And what I think of is there's so many religions out there, right? There's so many different walks of life that people have that, you know, 
they have Buddha or whatever it might be. It doesn't really, to me, it doesn't really matter about the religion. It matters about the relationship. So if I know I'm continuing my relationship with God, that whatever higher power it might be, the universe, you know, I'm meditating. I want to do what's right. I want to continuously walk in faith, but I don't want to put a label on what my religion is. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And then like the natural question for me is just like, how do you decipher then what what's what, right. what the what truth is ultimately, but then what's right? And you know, is yeah. how much of it is a moral thing? How much is it for you? Is it just like, yeah, I know, I don't know exactly who God completely is or where to get right. him, but I know what is right or wrong and how I view myself or treat other people, right. like how you've had been able to discover that or still are. Yeah, well, it's that, that is exactly what growth is, continuously trying to grow who you are as a person. And that goes with your faith and what you believe. You know, I'm still learning, I'm still meditating, I'm still understanding what's my right can be different to what your right is, you know? So I'm, I mean, obviously there's rules, guidelines that everybody should follow, you know, be kind to your neighbor, all that kind of good stuff. But ultimately, I'm still learning what I truly believe and how I want to live my life, you know? So more recently, I have been putting seeds of growth out there. I want to continuously grow. I am growing, you know? So I want to speak positivity. I want to put good vibes out there. I don't want to have that negative energy. And so no matter what I'm doing, I'm constantly thinking of that. So no matter what religion I'm in, I'm constantly thinking of how I can grow and how I can help others do the same thing, you know, because my story is is not the same as another lesbian's or gay person's story, you know, but it doesn't matter. It, what matters is what I'm saying right now. I hope it impacts someone to just keep going. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, that's what I, I love about doing these conversations is because people need to continually have them with other people that right. are different. Like you're saying, like you're our, you're our first gay or lesbian guest on the podcast. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. But at the same time, like you would say, and I think some of our other guests, you know, um, <clears throat> Giovanna or somebody is like, you know, I'm, I don't speak for all African-Americans. Right. You know, I'm not your one African-American and yeah. you can put all that on me. There's so many different right. people that are lesbian or gay and they're different faiths and beliefs and their lifestyles and all stuff like you are not the as wonderful as you are you're not the spokeswoman for every single lesbian and experiences and and stuff like that which i appreciate you saying well i mean i've heard other stories too that's the crazy part is mine's like a walk in the park my story based off of other things i've heard you know it's just crazy the things that gay people have to go through to just feel welcome and feel comfortable in their own skin. Mm. And, you know, if I could say anything, it's just be accepting of everybody. Why does it matter? You know, why does it matter where we come from or what we believe? Why can't we just love each other? Yeah, there's this there's this weird struggle, just I can speak from within the church and Christianity or yeah. other faith where, you know, there's for some reason, whatever happened in our, our culture is just like if you accept a someone who is gay, like you are accepting every single little thing about them and you're agreeing with everything that right. they they stand. And like, you don't do that with anybody. You don't agree 100% with, right. with anybody. And for some reason, acceptance has crossed over to you are in full support of every single thing this person yeah. does with their life. And like the homosexuality has driven such a wedge yeah. in between that. And it's, you know, it's not your fault right. for doing that. And I think one of the struggles is, which I'd love to get your opinion on, is how people who aren't aren't gay view 
just being homosexual in general of did you feel like and you can only speak for yourself but right did do you feel that it is a choice for you or do you you got to the point where it's just like this is who i am i don't even know if i can define it but you know i am lesbian or i was mm -hmm. born this way or is mm -hmm. it a preference is it a choice how do you view it personally and what do you think about it well my question to you would be do you like to be neglected Right. Nobody does. Sure. Nobody likes to be neglected. Do I want to be a lesbian for the rest of my life? Well, yeah, I do. But <laughs> do I want to be neglected? Do I want people to look at me differently? No. No, I don't. So if it was a choice, I would choose not to be neglected. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I honestly believe that it's not a choice that you're given, you know, at birth or when I'm 18, when I'm 30. It doesn't really matter what your age is. It's not something that I can just turn on, turn off, you know? And I think a lot of people just have this false belief that we can just like turn it off. It's a switch. Yeah, like, oh, well, my favorite, if I could write a book about all the things that people tell us to do. You might need to. Oh my gosh, it would be hilarious. It'd be a great book. My favorite one is when when people say, well, you know, it's it's okay that you like her, but just don't like be with her. And I'm like, okay. Okay, because that makes it better. You know what I mean? Like they have this false assumption that, you know, I can't just turn it off and not like somebody or not love somebody. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But the fact that you're acting on it does not make a difference if I'm still feeling that way, you know? And then to put on top of that, my favorite is when I get categorized with someone who is like going to kill somebody. So, oh, well, I think about it. But if you do it, that's bad. You know, like I'm not, don't compare me with a murderer or something. Like it's not a sin to love somebody. You know, it doesn't matter of their orientation. Yeah, I think so. that's that's definitely the struggle with, with, with views on that. It's like, oh, you know, love the person, but, you yeah. know, hate. But just like don't do anything. But hate, hate you know, hate their choice and hate, you know, hate that they're, they're stuck in yeah. this, this, this choice. And that's just the. It's a really rough way yeah. to start off a relationship with somebody yeah. when you know the beginning point is, hey, I'm going to try to love you, but it, but also know that I right. I hate kind of your choice or who you who you are. <laughs> yeah, I get that. And, I get and that. try to love you through it. And it's yeah. like, well, that's not the best place to start off saying you yeah. care about somebody or want to want to understand them. Yeah, I think the easiest thing to do, and not just to make it easy. You know, I think like the, my dad came to visit last time and I had the best time with my dad this visit. But ultimately it's okay, let's agree to disagree. You, we don't have to agree on our views, but ultimately we can look past that. We can talk about it too. We don't have to struggle and say, oh, well, this is what you should be doing. You know, that's what he started off with six years ago, right? But now it's more of like, well, let's just talk about it. Let's have a conversation. Oh, you don't believe that? Okay, cool. I don't believe what you believe, but that's okay. Like, yeah. let's move past it. Love each other. You're my daughter. I don't really care, you know? Yeah, so. it's it's just ultimate way to love somebody is to just give them yeah. compassion, time, yeah. listening, be there for them and not, I'm not trying to change you. Right. And I'm not trying to tell you what's wrong with you every single time either to right. make me make me feel better that <laughs> you're gonna be how I want you to be. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so tough. I would love to know just like is is that, you know, if you do you see yourself on the the LGBTQ um kind of that that chart there, like you identify as lesbian. You know what I would say to that? I don't think it really matters what we identify as. 
um, once again, it just kind of goes back to Do you feel like putting you have to, though, for people? So, I mean, what do you identify yourself as? I would, see, that's what's crazy. It's like I wouldn't want to. So when, yeah, when I, why do when I have I, to when identify I see, it? When I see letters and stuff like that, yeah. that, that's kind of what I'm getting towards is like because you are in this other camp of not right. heterosexual, it's like, okay, I need to know exactly what you are so that I know how to approach you. Yeah. So I, it's not about your identity or like the what label you want to put on it. If I'm a lesbian or if I'm bisexual, what does it matter? Like you're straight. Good for you. Like no, nobody's asking you if you're straight or not, you know, or if they find out they're like, ooh, how long have you been straight? You know? That's what's crazy about it to me because when I think about it, it's like if if somebody asks you like, who are you? as a person or yeah. like tell me about yourself you know for me i'm not i'm not gonna go hey i'm heterosexual <laughs> yeah you're I'm, not gonna i'm caucasian yeah you know those are like i'm a badass mom that's my first thing i usually say well that's what's crazy but when 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 you look at it from the other side of what other people are going through it's like well what, so you know you're not walking down the street and yeah. thinking to yourself like my first identity is um um, lesbian or I'm, yeah. I'm gay or I'm this it's like right you know, everybody wants to be just like I'm human I'm, right I'm a, yeah, I'm I'm a, pers a person I'm a person and you know we or the church you, you put that on other people where they have to identify themselves right. so you know what you're dealing with and how to navigate those waters and be careful yeah. and like all this kind of stuff where on on the other side it's like you're not doing any of that right Right. They expect it of us, but at the same time, they're not doing it themselves, you know. Would you feel comfortable going to a, to a church like here in Savannah? Like somebody invited you, I invited you, anybody was like, hey, would you, like what's, what's your feeling on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm open to it. I, there's, especially because I have a kid, I think I actually have gone to a couple of churches here in Savannah when I first moved. You know, I tested out a couple of different ones. And then, you know, when I moved out of my exes, I was like, well, it's important to have structure. It's important, I think, because how I've grown um, and how I was raised, I think it's important to have that structure, especially for kids, but you shouldn't push it on them. You know what I mean? So I like the fact that Connor can go and learn, that's my son, Connor can go and learn about God or whatever. And mm -hmm. when he's old enough, he can figure out what he believes on his own. He can you know? choose. He can choose. And I don't think it's about teaching him that this is the only way and this is what we believe. It's more of like, well, here, why don't we question these things? And what do you feel like you believe? Let's talk about it, you know? So I have gone and would I go again? Yeah, I'm sure I would because I think that's a, a, a deep part of me that still feels like it needs to be a part of my life. Mm -hmm. It's just finding the right one where, where you know people accept you, you know? And that's the, most, that's the hardest part. Well, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, what, what would be the most important thing for you to know about a church going in before you actually went in? Is it just an acceptance thing? Is it a... No, I usually... So when I'm looking at churches a lot, a lot of times I will um, Google them and then I'll go to see what their mission statement is and like what they truly believe at their core because what they truly believe at their core can be different than, you know, what they're preaching. So it hmm. shouldn't be. But at the same time, if you go read like... Um, what is it? The, the one with the little... The, the, the one with the little fire. The fire? Is the fire symbol. The Methodist church? Methodist. Yeah. If you actually go and read like their- I grew up Methodist, by the way. Yeah. If you read their statement, it's like LGBT. No. So it's like, well, I mean, it's hard to go to a church that's Methodist and know that their core belief is really not for you. So that's where I struggle. And so I, I do meditate and pray and all of that. It's just part of me, I think, would go 
more so for Connor, hmm. if anything. Yeah, that's that's so intriguing to me, just coming from the, the church background. And I mean, are yeah. you are you would you be able to feel comfortable if, like you said, you knew a church was against or they didn't believe right. or it was sinful to be homosexual, but do you ever feel like they can still love you and you would still feel comfortable going there, even if like their core beliefs like you still ultimately wouldn't feel accepted or like, how do you balance that out? That's a great question that I don't have an answer to because I'm still figuring it out. You know, ultimately there's people, and that's, if you go to church, great. I'm not saying that if you're going to church, you hate all the lesbians and the gay people. Um, I think that's where it's, it's finding the balance of, okay, maybe a general feel of people agreeing, but at the same time, you don't really get that unless it's like a predominantly gay church ran by probably a gay pastor or you know female pastor whatever it might be Mm -hmm. you know so and i haven't seen that here in savannah gotcha like i said that's something i did see in augusta when i lived there so well you mentioned i want to get back to your son you mentioned your son i would love for you to would love for you to just um, share how he came about as much Mm -hmm. as you want to share about your previous you know, marriage or like how you decided to have a son, what it took to do that, what that was like. And then, Mm -hmm. then we'll kind of go from there. Sure. Sure. So, uh, I think a lot of, I think it's hard for a lot of gay couples to figure out how to have kids, Mm -hmm. um, and what the best route is. There's no easy way to do it, especially knowing that you're going to have to explain to them when they're older that they have gay parents. But what I'm hoping for and, you know, really thinking it's already happened, that it's normal. It's normal to have two moms, two dads, grandparents that you live with, aunts, uncles. It doesn't matter who your parents, quote unquote, are. You know, now look, I'm in a divorced relationship with a co-parent who's amazing and with a girlfriend. So it's like we have to navigate these things that we don't really, didn't really expect to. So you just have to go from there. Um, you know, when you were when you were younger and you, you came out and you felt comfortable with yourself, did you ever think it was possible to have a child? Did you want a child? Did you think it was going to be like too difficult? Did you really desire to be a mother? Like, what, what has that done, done for you? Yeah. I mean, I would say when I was younger, I, like I said earlier, I mean, I was always the mom of the group and it's just very natural. You know, my mom had, has five kids. So it's one of those things where it's just, you have that natural ability to be a parent. Um, did I think I would be here at this point of my life? No, how things turned out, but you know, you can't really try to forecast what how everything's gonna pan out um but yeah i wanted a kid and and i also wanted a career and um that's just what i wanted and i pursued it you know and how old is he now he's three he's three and mm-hmm. how old are you that's all right to ask god how dare you i know i'm so sorry <laughs> just kidding 28 28 okay mm-hmm. so you were thinking child more in your 30s kind of thing? Yeah, I did not. I actually didn't really want to have a kid so soon. Mm-hmm. Love you, Connor, if you ever see this when you're older. <laughs> I love you to death. But, you know, I I didn't want to get married. I didn't want to have kids so soon, you know. I would say so quickly. But a lot, just the situations I was in, you know, my ex being in the military, it's easier to get married and get the benefits and all that kind of stuff. And I moved cross country, drove cross country from New York to California to go get married and to, to live in Monterey. Like, who wouldn't want to do that, you know? So I just, I don't think you have to plan out every step of your life, you know? It just kind of happens how it happens. Gotcha. So so you are in a relationship now. Yes. And you have, have a child and mm-hmm. you said the... 
both parent parent co-parenting co-parent. has been great. Yeah, she's it's, she's, she's great. gone great. Mm-hmm. So get, paint me a picture of what it's like to be a a gay young woman with a <laughs> three year old child <sighs> dating someone here in the South in Savannah. It's exhausting. I will tell you that much. Being a single parent, like credit to every single parent adult out there with kids. Even if you have more than one kid, kudos to you. Hats off because one is exhausting. Um, I got four. Yeah. Good. Good luck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's definitely challenged me to just one, be a better person, be the best version of myself that I can possibly be. You know, and that's for me, for him. You know, I wasn't happy last year when I was going through the whole divorce. I hit rock bottom and it was like the worst point of my life. But what keeps you going is you just you put one foot in front of the other and you're like, I have to do this. So being trying to be being successful, you know, and balancing a relationship and a kid, it's exhausting. But honestly, it's it's also let me travel to more than 22 places just last year. You know, I wrote, I just took a moment to reflect on 2019 because you're like, this is, this has been the craziest year of my life, right? Complete, complete change. So I wrote down, I took the time to reflect because I'm a huge reflector. I think it's super important to reflect yearly, monthly, daily, like you should. Um, So let me write that down. (laughs) Just, just like take notes. No. So I put 2019 year in review. And so I actually, let's see. Oh, you got something? Yeah, I got right here. Like. 2019 year in review. You're I brought not, this. You're not I lying. wasn't uh, just uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So basically, I just did the, the highlights of my life. You know where I traveled to. I went to Berlin, Germany, Mykonos, like Greece, Barcelona. Like I went to all these places in Europe, and then I also traveled a ton of places in Florida. You know, taking Connor with with uh, some of these places. I went and dove, saw some dolphins. You know, saw some things that I just never thought I would see. And then I also wrote a list of firsts. So the first time I did certain things and I just went on and on and on about that. So I think it's truly important like to not focus about how your life is just changing dramatically, but to focus on like, okay, what can my life become? What do I want to see happen in my life? And then telling myself that I'm going to accomplish it no matter what. That's what's been most important. (laughs) Sorry, I'm like, oh, don't hit the table. No, you're good. And that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And with Connor, it's just been, you know, creating a routine and just letting him know that all of his parents and guardians love him. You know, we ran into my ex once with with my girlfriend and, you know, Connor ran into my ex and it was great. We went out to dinner right after, you know, we saw her at the mall and I was like, hey, you want to you want to take Connor and, and just walk around? Like, go for it. You know, it's not her scheduled day, but it doesn't matter. Like, you should never have to look at that. You should just be able to communicate easily. And so... That's what it's like. And living in the South, you know, we don't, it's not really much different than anywhere else. I think people are at the point where they can be respectful of, you know, gay people in general. So I don't, you know, get trashed thrown at me. Thank God that I don't, you know. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, just how how you feel or any any experiences, whether I just ramble. Or... You see me just like go off on a tangent. No, you're Sorry, good. Just you're good. You're refocus the, me. You're the guest. You can <laughs> say whatever you want is, is just your experience. Yeah. Because I... I don't have that. So right. part of me is just understanding like what someone like you with yeah. walking around with another female, maybe holding hands and you have a three, three-year-old yeah, with you yeah, and we people. Definitely get, we definitely get looks occasionally, but I think a lot of them are, are very positive. Like we were at a restaurant eating breakfast once and the waitress turns to us and she's like, y'all look so cool. <laughs> and it was just my girlfriend, Connor and myself. We were just eating. We're like, thank you. <laughs> you know, so I think it's, 
a different day and age than it was 10 years ago where, you know, people would be like, ew, gross, lesbians, you're, you know, whatever it might be. So, and the South doesn't really change that. I think if anything, they're more welcoming, especially Savannah, because we're just a little melting pot of different cultures and different age groups and really progressive. So Mm -hmm. I do like that. Well, good. And you, I know you mentioned before when we talked to just at least with the current job you have, like it was important for you when you were looking to do what you wanted to do, that you had an employer and a company that that was going to be for you, that was yeah. not going to be judgmental. You were going to be yeah. accepted because ultimately that helps you thrive and do your job better. Yeah, that is true. And how important has that kind of been for you? It has been extremely important. And so I'm a firm believer of, you know, thoughts become things and what you put out there is what you're going to get. So before I even moved, I did all my research. You know, I was already in real estate and I was like, I'm going to, you know, go figure out what I want to do, probably join a team so I can get my feet wet and all that. And so I did all the research, you know, top three companies at the time and I dug a little deeper and I just saw, you know, am I allowed to say who I work for? As long as they don't care, I'm fine with it. So so I work for Keller Williams now and and they're not going to care that I say that, but um, I work for Don Callahan and so I saw his page and I was, I was going through the comments. And so, you know, our motto is, well, at the time, his motto and mine now, sell houses, have fun, and give back, right? Mm-hmm. So my thing was doing all the community stuff with my church. I was like, ooh, I like this giving back part. And then it says, have fun. And so if anybody knows me, they know that I'm just like a big ball of energy and mm-hmm. fun. And I just love, you know, love on everybody, bring yeah. gifts, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I like that. And then sell houses. I'm like, well, I know how to do that too. So yeah. Uh, and then I read the comments that was just like, we love how much this person cares. Don is so, you know, down to earth and he t- he gives back to the community. And I saw a group picture and I was like, ooh, I'm going to be a part of that group. So when I moved here, I interviewed them. It took like two months. And at the the first time I sat down with Don, he's like, well, you know, we're not really hiring, but we're always looking for talent. <laughs> and I was like, listen, you're going to hire me. OK. But, you know, I confidently said that inside. And then I was just like, cool, cool. OK. OK. I'll see you in a few. Yeah. 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 So it took a couple months. They were traveling and whatnot. But uh, I actually did. So I, I wanted to reassure myself that I was aligned with the right people. And I went and interviewed with another company. And I was like, well, let me test this out and see see what they say. Sat down, it felt so different. To sit down, it was like this business attire, right? Everybody's, mm-hmm. and the guy kept looking at the boss and the boss just would, would ask occasional questions, but it would mostly come from the guy. And he would like look over and look over and make sure she was approving all the stuff. And so I just felt so weird, whereas with Don and Laura, I sat down and they're like, okay, tell me about yourself, blah, blah, blah. You know, it just felt right. So when I got the call to say I didn't join the team or they didn't want me to join the team from the other company, I was like, whew, what a relief. You were good. Yeah, I was like, okay, clearly not a good fit. Um, And so then when Don and Laura offered me a position, I was just like, "Uh, yes, please. So the best thing about them has been just the the growth that they have given me and shown me and taught me. So Yeah, they're awesome people. Love them. And not just in business. Like they care about your life too. They Mm -hmm. want you to have work-life balance. So they they constantly are checking in, making sure, you know, we we meet weekly and have individual meetings, team meetings. So it's just, man. It's a blessing. Hey, if Don is willing to have all of my children come over to a party of his and hang out and <laughs> right? feed them and let them have fun, right? like, 
Yeah. He's, he's awesome. I, You know, it's definitely a, a work kid-friendly environment. I bring Connor in all the time and he just runs around and fathers everybody. But, you know, everybody loves it. Like, he's Connor's like the cutest little kid too. So, I mean, like, he's got that going for him. But, you know, he'll come in and he'll say, hi, Jesse, you know. Hi, Laura. You know, so it's cute to just be able to have that. I think it's really interesting how you ended up there, how you're thriving there. But it also, you, the way you arrived there is you kind of combined all the things that you've learned and your passion yeah. about. Like, it's it's who you are as a person. It's yeah. being accepted. But you even mentioned, like, it was important that they gave back. And you got that from your church. So right. even regardless of all the, some of the difficult things right. or the pain that's happened there, like, you were able to they built something inside of you that mm-hmm. was good. It was positive yeah. that you know they care about other people and did want to give back regardless of maybe what some of the right. views didn't line up. But like you had that instilled in you and to see all of that kind of exactly. be a part of you is is really neat. It's not waste, yeah. It's not wasted, you know? Right. And now as an adult, yeah, all those values I had, it made me who I am. You know, it. it so I am so thankful to have gone through that religion and in that church and the support I did have and the people I knew and the compassion that I built, you know, that's exactly why I do what I do. So. And what are some of the ways, um, we'll kind of get to my closing question a little bit, but I would love to know just what are, what are your favorite ways to give back or be a voice for people or just serve your community? What, what kind of gets your juices flowing and, and how you help <laughs> other people? So one, I love my job because that's the ultimate giving back is to be able to be a part of a family's life and to teach them one, it can be here's the process of how you can make your dream a reality, right? So they dream of buying a house and dream of buying an investment property, but they don't know how to get there. And so my favorite part is to just be that mentor, to be that consultant through the process. It just it feels so rewarding when they close on a house and they, they've got their keys and they've, they're they like, take a picture of us. We need to have this for our memory. You know, mm-hmm. that right there is probably one of the most rewarding things. Yes, it makes money, but at the same time, it's not about the money. Like if I, if I made a dollar every transaction, I still don't care. I love what I do mm-hmm. because it's giving back to a family's memory, you know? And it's also for investors, it's building wealth for them. Um, for the community, I love what we do at the office too. Um, you know, food drives, going to put out a stand and giving out hot dogs, like stuff that I did when I was in the church, you know, it's so, it just reflects right into what my job is now. It's so it's, it's crazy. And then um, the one thing I taught or I learned from my parents they weren't very wealthy. You know, I got a lot of hand-me-down stuff, but they gave of their time. So they would go pick people up go bring them to the grocery store, whatever it was. They just, they gave their time. They invited strangers to San- to Sunday dinner. Like, mm. you know how many times I've ate meals with people I don't even know? Like, I've never even met them. My mom would be like, oh, Johnny's coming over for dinner today. And we're like, ma, who is that? You know, but that's what I love. And so the job I'm in, I, one, I love giving up my time. And two, I want to give back and give, you know, the things I make, the money I make. I want to put that Mm -hmm. into my goal is to have um, a grant for my old high school. Like I'm putting it into into existence right now. I'm speaking the words. You are. It's it's going to be out there. 2020. I'm going to I'm going to create a grant essentially. So money I make right set aside some, I don't actually know how this works. I haven't really looked at it. It's a dream right now. It's all but, good. Yeah, it's a dream. It's a goal of mine. Um, but yeah, I want to give back of of money I make and give a scholarship to to kids, not a grant, scholarship program mm-hmm. to my old high school. So wow. I will do that. It's going to happen. I just need to figure out how. But That's all right. Yeah. 
And I don't doubt you will. So. Oh, no. Yeah. Pretty much anything I say I want to do. I Because the worst thing is breaking your own promise. So I don't want to be the person that has just false words or, or, you know, speaking things and then just not holding myself accountable. Like, mm. that's just not me. So if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. You are going to do it. I believe you. I'm going to do it. You're like staring at oh, hole right through me right now. Like, yeah. I believe you. I'm a believer. Look into my eyes. I'm a believer. Yeah. Well, I would love for you to kind of share like a challenge as we wrap up here of what can someone, especially that hasn't experienced what you have in life and you can you know, kind of go wherever you want with this, but yeah. it's especially someone who has struggled either with, with identity or being rejected or neglected, especially with just your, you know, your, your sexual orientation, or how right. you identify with that. And, you know, what can someone, especially coming from the church background, someone that doesn't, doesn't feel that same way right. or, but they, they want to understand or they want to reach out. Like when you were struggling, what, what, could somebody do how could they have made your life better by doing what what can the average listener do to to enter into the life of someone little g or teenage gia that yeah, was struck go back and tell myself yeah if, if was going through these things or something yeah. even now it's like what can someone tangibly do to just show that that love when when you're feeling that way so i think one really important thing is to not focus on the negative not focusing on what's going wrong, but also putting it on paper. I wanna, so I was going through a hard time in May. Okay. And so I created like a prayer jar, right? And you don't have to do a prayer jar, you know, you could do whatever it might be, but writing it down, right? Mm -hmm. This is something that I, I truly believe helps. So let's say you're a teenager and you haven't come out to your parents yet or a aunt, uncle, whoever it might be, and you want it to go, okay, write it down and just say what you want, put it on a piece of paper, Fold it away and just say, this is it. This is what, I, this is what it's going to be, you know, and move forward. You just continue on. You just have to keep going. You just put one foot in front of the other. So I wrote on May 11th, 2019. This is like right after my divorce and everything. And I was just having a really hard time. And I hadn't met. Well, I hadn't really connected with my current girlfriend. So on May 11th, and I had a lot of anger, like a ton of anger. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I don't want this anger anymore. Here, take it. LOL. And I just, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. And then my first journal entry says, Dear Journal, first off, this is stupid. Who writes in journals these days? This book isn't even a journal. It was supposed to be some motivational shit with positive words and good vibes. Well, F that. Side note, I am very happy and I think positive positivity is the best thing in the world. No sarcasm. And then I like got over all of my anger, right? Mm -hmm. And then in September, I wrote, Dear Journal, thanks for not getting upset at me, even though I called you stupid last entry. And then talked about all the positive things in my life. So honestly, I think the best thing to do is just write down something mm -hmm. that you want for your future, something positive, or take away the negative, mm -hmm. and just reflect on it. Reflect on it in three months, six months. See where your life goes, you know? So, you know, whether you're that kid that's 18 that just doesn't want to come out of, out of the closet and tell your parents that, you know, hey, I'm a lesbian, like, yeah, just write it down, say you're going to do it, and then just go do it. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good challenge for somebody that's not in your situation and wanting to have someone right. like you in their life is, is write that down. It's like, I want to be a friend to right. someone that is homosexual yeah i want to like we did here just i want to understand where they came from and just get to know them as yeah. a person i want to see the positivity in them i want to just be in their life and 
and learn and understand not to fix, not to argue, not to right. whatever, but just God created them too. Yeah. Especially if that's what you believe. You know what I mean? Like, right. And, and don't and just see assume them. the worst of people or, you know, I'm not assumably a lesbian. Like first glance, you don't really know, you know, so get to know somebody, not just based off of looks, but genuinely get to know somebody and get to know who they are. The rest does not matter. Yeah. I agree. I think it was good. I like your notebook, your your jars, your papers. Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. That's really good stuff. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you being here. Of course. I appreciate you being vulnerable with childhood all the way up to now and, yeah. and sharing things that I really believe are going to help other people that are listening to this to just say, I can have those conversations. I can, There's there's got to be somebody in my life that I'm not actually pursuing that is <laughs> yeah. different than me that that I can I can go be their friend. I can yeah. just go learn about them. They can learn about me and I think you're better off for it. Yeah. And it has nothing to do whether you agree with them or not. It's about it's challenging yourself to actually love other people equally and view them like you said in a positive way instead of your negative ways. So Yeah. As the good Pete the Cat says. I love that book. Right? All of those books. Yeah. All of them. No matter what you step in. Just keep walking and sing your song because it's all good. <laughs> and we're going to leave you with that. This has been the Neglected Podcast. Yeah. Gia Wilson, thank you for being here. Is there any way? Thank you if, for If somebody me. wanted to reach out to you and just had questions, whether, whether it's about. <laughs> if you're struggling, suicide hotline, like either that or you can even email me. Well, I will just, any, like, just anything. If, if somebody has, if you don't want to be, that's okay. But if yeah. there's like an email or social media I, handle. I for sure have an email. I mean, you can look me up. On, you can friend request me on Facebook, Gia Wilson. Cool. That's totally fine. But even. I really don't care. You can email me all day long. It's G like George, V like Victor, I-G-G, the number four at gmail.com. If you are seriously struggling and you just need some motivation or you just need to like have some common sense slapped in you, like give me an email. Give me a shout. Love I'll it. I'll email, email you back. Sweet. Yeah. Appreciate you being here. Quinn, Thank thanks for producing. City Church, thanks for hosting. You can find us at For the Neglected and uh, we'll catch you next week. Peace. <laughs>